An Eichel backhander on goal save. Rebound, they score! Barbashev in front. 7-1 Golden Knights. The party is on in Las Vegas. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. What has happened here has been simply incredible. Not only is Vegas a hockey town, it's a championship town. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Chris Chapman, not Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace, although I can assure you they will be along. Very shortly, they were out at City National Arena for the first day of on ice camp for the Golden Knights, and we ran into some technical difficulties. So uh, they were scheduled to do the show from City National. However, they are on their way here. So right now, Chris Chapman with you here inside. And this is going to be really weird because I don't think I've ever actually had to do this for myself. But Chris Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. I got to do it like Ryan now. Home of the I hope that woo was good enough for you guys. Um, yeah, so Ryan, Darren, on their way here. I'm going to try to fill some time as they make the short drive from the beautiful City National Arena to the beautiful Lotus Studios here in, eh, not technically Summerlin, but close enough. Um, so, first day of the team on the ice. And I know there was a huge, huge fan reception. Um, kind of cool to see the guys back on the ice today. I know... Um, Darren and Ryan were really excited. The media was excited. I got to hear a little bit of Mark Stone and Zach Whitecloud. They sounded like they were excited to be back in Vegas. So as we await the arrival of Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace, I'm going to give you guys a little taste of what transpired out at City National Arena this morning as Mark Stone, he spoke to the media and Ben Goats, not surprisingly, gets in the first question. Kind of asked him what his day was like with the Stanley Cup. How was how was the day with the Cup? That was great. I mean, everybody asks that, but like pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. One of the better days of my life, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Are there any moments feel? from that? Are there moments for that day with, that you know stick out more than I know? You know, you're taking it out to the community. Young kids are seeing it for the first time. I mean, it's a long day, but it goes by so quick, right? You wish you could do it again, but you just try to. Include everybody that kind of helped you along the way, and some of the facilities that uh, helped me pave the hockey player I am, and uh, try and celebrate with everybody who you know either follows my career, uh, had an impact on my career, or uh, just really enjoys uh, uh, the game of hockey. So uh, it was a it was a ton of fun. The feeling today, day one of camp, you know, it's a little different than other training camps, I guess. I'm not sure. I mean, yes and no, right? Um, I think into the season we always say we want to win the Stanley Cup and last year was the first time that uh, I've said that at camp and it actually came true so um, but here we are sitting the same thing uh, pretty similar first day to last year uh, I got a lot of the same group back uh, probably easier that way uh, knowing what's expected but 
Yeah, we want to uh, have that same chip on our shoulder. Uh, a lot of people say well, we can't do it again. We got to use that as fuel to, uh, to try and get back uh, where we want to be. We got a long 82 game season to get back uh, uh, to be one of the six teams that can compete for it. It's the first goal. Is there a difference coming in to this room now, knowing that you won it rather than going into a season not? I don't think so. Uh, obviously, other teams are probably looking at us that uh, they're going to want to beat us, right? I think the, you can't get complacent in this league, right? And, and we had a ton of success in the first four years of existence. And kind of came in a little soft at camp and get year five, miss the playoffs, come back with that chip on our shoulder, and have a great regular season, have a great playoffs. So we got to have that same mindset of um, nothing's given, everything's going to have to be earned. Um, no one's just going to let us get to the playoffs. Uh, you know, and if uh, we play the way we want to play, get to the playoffs, always going to let us win that uh, cup again. So uh, a lot of work ahead. Uh, it starts today. Having have been through it, is the hunger even more at this point now that you've won the cup? I don't think it's more. Uh, I think it's this got to stay the same, right? Um, it's addicting. Uh, you talk to guys who've won multiple cups. You know, look at what Mar uh, Martinez has been through. Probably could have just hung up his skates, right? Uh, but he had won before. Understood, understood how, how great it is to win. Uh, and keeps coming back for that reason. Uh, and we need everybody to have that same feeling. And uh, we can definitely learn from from a guy like him who went through uh, hell, went through hell to uh, to keep to pro prolong his career, just to have the opportunity to win again. So you know, we gotta have that same mindset. How tough will it be to replace a guy like Riley Smith? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, been a leader here for uh, for a long time, basically since the start. Uh, obviously, wasn't here the first year, so I can't. Comment on that year, but uh, ever since I've been here, he's one been one of the leaders of the team, one of the uh, most consistent players we've had. Uh, what do you guys to step up? We got some good young players. You know, look for Cotter to take a step. Pav will take a step. Uh, brought in a couple, you know, other veteran um, you know, deaf players who could hopefully step in and fill some roles. Uh, but yeah, for sure, we're, it's a it's a big loss, but um, you know, good teammate, good friend. Wish him well, and Pittsburgh uh, has gone to a good place. How's your wrist feeling? Good. Very good. Do you remember like the play that it happened in game yeah, five? Yeah, I took a whack. Uh, there was probably something wrong, but uh, definitely glad it happened in game during game five, and not have to worry about it for a couple of days. The adrenaline was really flowing uh, once you're in the heat of the battle, so uh, that was okay. Yeah, are you worried about the cup lift at all afterward? <laughs> uh, probably could have lifted that thing with a broken arm, so I, I wasn't too worried. <laughs> and do you need surgery or anything on it? Or? All good. I thought you told Pac-Man that you did. No. You're talking about the confidence and you know the expectations coming in to this year. I guess how does the comfortability of Bruce knowing what he expects and knowing what it looks like in terms of the confidence building starting the year now? Yeah, I mean, we've been a confident team. Uh, we were confident coming into the season last year. You look at the play players we have. It's pretty ironic that a lot of people were writing us off last year. I mean, I almost hope, this, hope the same thing this year. I hope people write us off. It gives us a little bit of motivation. But I mean, we got six great defense. We're deep four lines through. Um, the same goalies we started with last season. Aiden uh, led us to the Stanley Cup. Uh, LT's a, was an all-star through January until his injuries. So um, we're deep in each position. Yeah, we lost some guys. Uh, lost some, some, some good people uh, that helped us uh, get to where we need to be. But um, we'll have to fill those voids, and, and we will. Now that was Mark Stone from earlier today meeting with the media, his first time this season, talking to the media. And there's there's a lot to unpack there when you listen to the captain speak. Um, you know, the, the, the first thing is is his day with the cup. And 
I watched it when when it was sent out on Twitter by the team, and it was it was really cool to watch because you could tell how much it meant to Mark to take it back home and to share it with his family and to take it back to the place where he grew up playing. And he talked about that gym and and just how much it meant to him and with the people he grew up with. It was it was a really cool. I thought experience and not one that we mentioned when we talked about our favorite moments with the cup from this summer with the players, but that was one of the, I thought more heartfelt ones because you could just tell watching Mark, how important that moment was for him and going through his old school. And it it, it was really cool. I mean, I, 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 I enjoyed it a lot. I'm, I'm sure all of you listening enjoyed it as well, but there were a lot of other things in Mark's media availability Ryan asked him about the hunger, and I didn't picture Mark Stone to be the guy to say, eh, we won, we won, we're good. No, of course not. That's not Mark Stone. Mark Stone is the consummate professional. He's the ultimate competitor. You, you saw how hard he worked to get back to be able to play in the playoffs just based on the the, the fact that he wanted to be out there with, with, his, with his friends, with the guys he loves, the team. This city, how much it meant for him to help win the Stanley Cup for this city. So when Ryan asked him about the hunger, it, it certainly wasn't the kind of thing where I expected Mark to be like, yeah, it's gone. I don't have the desire anymore. No, of course not. Never. It doesn't go away for a guy like Mark Stone. And then when he talked about the, some of the other guys that they, that they have in that room, it's, it, it, it doesn't go away for Alec Martinez just because now he's got three. Alec Martinez wants to win another cup. Alex Petrangelo wants to win another cup. They all want to win again. And then you have the potential young guy coming in. Paul Cotter's got his name on the cup. You think he wants to just see it once? Of course not. That's something he'll be able to show his kids, his grandkids. So I thought that was a great job of Ryan asking Mark about the hunger because it's one of those things that you you, you kind of don't expect Mark to be like, yeah, it's gone. But you wonder sometimes, like for some people, they achieve their goal. Do they do they just kind of give up? Not give up, but do they do they say, oh well, yeah, I, I achieved my goal. Everything's my 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 career's accomplished now. No, not for this team, not for that captain. And then the one that I enjoyed the most was when he was asked about teams writing them or players, people writing off the team. It was one of those things where I felt it going into the playoffs last year that they were disrespected. The team really wouldn't acknowledge that at the time. We know William Carlson kind of embraced the whole dark side, evil empire thing. Other guys, not so much. But you could tell that there was just this lack of or this feeling of being disrespected going into the playoffs last year. Everything was about the Boston Bruins. Everything was about the job that the Edmonton Oilers did down the stretch. Oh, my God, Edmonton played so great. They're they're cruising into the playoffs. And Vegas played just as well, if not better, than Edmonton down the stretch. Like, they did so without their captain. They did it without Mark Stone. They had to be better than Edmonton down the stretch. And they were. And you saw in the playoffs who was the better team. So the idea that, that they were being written off, I think it it was motivation. It was fuel for these guys. And then you bring Mark Stone back, 
who his road to the NHL was not an easy one. Sixth round draft pick. Got to take the long road to get there. Plays in Ottawa. Comes to Vegas. And, and what a moment for Mark Stone to be able to walk in that locker room as a Stanley Cup champion. Another guy who got to walk in the locker room today as a Stanley Cup champion was Zach Whitecloud. And we all enjoyed Zach's day with the cup. We, we all watched it on, on X or Twitter. I think I'll always call it Twitter. I don't care what it's called. But we all watched the video of, of Zach taking it home, the 7-Eleven, drinking the, drinking the Slurpee out of the Stanley Cup. I know Darren said he did it. We didn't see any video of that. I, I, I didn't see Darren drinking the Slurpee out of the cup. So maybe maybe he's fibbing a little bit about that. But what a moment for Zach Whitecloud as well. Another guy who, who took a long road to get to the NHL. But once he got there, you could see how much he deserved and how much he earned that right to be in the NHL. And he's a young guy. He's a rel- relatively young guy. And, and I thought that when Zach spoke to the media today, just listen to a lot of the answers that he gives and how big the moment was for, for him. But there's something that he says that really sticks out to me. And let's see if it sticks out to you as well. But Zach Whitecloud spoke with the media today at City National Arena following his first skate back at City National as a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, busy is an understatement. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it was a day I'll, I'll never forget. I mean, there's... Yeah, it's funny. I get asked that question every time, right? It's like, what, what was your day like? And it's hard to put in to give you one word or a phrase. It's just, I think, grateful. You know what I mean? There's, there's, again, it's no, no surprise at all. But there's people that go through their careers not even coming close to it. Um, so understanding that side of it and, and knowing that you may never get to see it in that atmosphere again. I just told Jesse the same thing. I said, you know, my girlfriend and I took 10 minutes at the end of the night just to sit with it, just us two, and and just truly appreciate what that trophy means and and. Uh, and just acknowledge too that you know that could possibly be the last time that you get a day with him. Now, if you're you know you're lucky enough and you get to play on good teams, and you might have three, you know what I mean. So, um, no, it's and it's further motivation to go out and do it again. I mean, that summer was the best summer I've ever had in, in uh, you know in my life, and, and to get to spend it with your friends and the guys that you create lifelong memories with. And bring it back to Sioux Valley. How meaningful was that for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, just super super emotional right I think just seeing and again you see it every day where people see it for the first time and it's another reminder every single time that exactly what that trophy means it's the greatest trophy in sports and and you see that every time someone looks at it for the first time and it just like their jaw drops and they just they don't know what to say they're like well it's just you read the names and you just you understand it Um, so I think seeing the look on everyone's face when I'm walking by with it and stuff like that and and just grateful that I'm the one that gets to be able to to do that. So. Can you go through those kind of emotions, the high of winning and that, and now you have to get back to business. Is that a tough transition to go get, get into, or is it because it was a short off season? It makes it easier. I don't think it's one way or the other. I think you know we're all pros in this room. You know, it's we've had guys that have gone through summers like that before, um, and. I think if you go around, you ask quite a few of these guys, if not all of them, is it motivation to do it again? Absolutely, 100%. And I just, I just said the same thing. And having a summer like that where you get to create memories with your friends, spend time with the Stanley Cup, and, and just truly understand what it means and how it feels to be around it, I just want to do it again. Do you remember where you were when you saw your name on the cup for the first time? Uh, I think I saw it over social media. 
yeah. So I, I saw it on I think Instagram or something like that, and and uh, you know seeing just all our names on it was was pretty cool. Um, because I think it got engraved before Wazi's uh, first day. Uh, so the first time I saw it after that, I can't remember where I saw it in person. I, I forget, to be honest with you. It was unique in that you guys had it engraved before the player tour. Like, when you got your day with the cup, being able to look at your name among all those other names, what did that moment mean to you? Uh, it was it was cool, right, because at some point you're going to see your name on it. Um, granted, most guys don't see it until, you know, the... The once it go, oh, sorry, once the season kind of goes on and they they take it to Montreal and they get it engraved, right? So, um, but to be completely honest with you, I think it was cooler seeing the the looks on my parents and my family's faces. I think that was, you know what I mean. I you work so hard and these people see what you go through growing up and and uh, the sacrifices you make, all those sorts of things, and then you know you see your name etched on something that is borderline impossible to win, and uh, I think it's. I don't know, it's just the look of pure joy on your family's faces that it's like, it's hard to believe. So that's, I think that's the coolest part. Back with you in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. Chapman, nice job on uh, carrying the load for us as we traversed our way back over from City National Arena and the end of the day one of training camp. That was Zach Whitecloud uh, discussing, among other things, his day with the Stanley Cup. Uh, I, I loved what he said, and I know that you picked up on something, uh, Chapman. Uh, Ryan Wallace here in the studio. When Zach says his first training camp back after winning the Stanley Cup, talks about the trophy and says it's basically impossible to win. Mm-hmm. Like it still resonates with everybody how hard it is to get through the four rounds and win the Stanley Cup, even though they just did it. Mm-hmm. That there were a couple of themes that that were pretty prevalent uh, today in terms of what the players were were talking about. Some of it had to deal with, you know, their individual days with the Stanley Cup for sure, but that was definitely a theme that continued to come up in that everybody that's done this now knows exactly how hard it is to do and it's from from a hunger standpoint from from the the desire to do it again standpoint, this team has that in spades. They are are it, Kelly McCrimmon used the word refreshed. I think that this is a team that just wants to keep keep feeling what they felt over the course of this See, summer. And I took it a different way. They already knew how tough it was to win. Mm-hmm. But even though they broke through the impossible odds, they still are conscious of, man, it's really difficult mm-hmm. to take that championship and hoist that trophy over your head. And even though we just did it, we still recognize it's so challenging. I mean, this is a team that's been knocking on the door now for five, six years. And it takes a while, and it took them a while to get there. Not really when you look at all the other franchises that either don't have a Stanley Cup or haven't been to the playoffs in forever. But, you know, the fact of the matter is the Golden Knights, they were in a position, and they got over the hump, and they won a championship. They know what that feels like. They know what it takes to win at that level. And, you know, you, you kind of look through camp today and, and the energy that, that was there on the ice. This is a team that I think feels they have the ability in that room to do it again. I'm calling it the best opening day of training camp ever mm-hmm. for an NHL team. Yeah. They won. So you're coming back as defending champions. Sure. Uh, there's no real big injury drama 
around the team, mm-hmm. and we'll get to the players that were on the ice, off the ice. But there's there's none of that. There's nobody rehabbing to get back, and you're wondering how they're going to respond. That's clean. Yeah. And the other part is you return almost everybody. You yeah. lost a couple of guys to free agency, and you traded Riley Smith mm-hmm. to clear cap room. But everybody else is back. And it's such a tight locker room to begin with. And then you include everybody basically being back uh, from, the, from the roster. That, that doesn't get any better mm-hmm. coming back from the opening day, for the opening day of training camp. Yeah, I think the biggest question today, right, in terms of the skates, was who was going to play alongside, who was going to skate at first alongside William Carlson and Michael Amadio. And, and it was Paul Cotter. And, and when you kind of take all of that on its face – the lines were essentially exactly what you would have expected them to be. And this is a team that, again, has no really big glaring holes. They're just a solid, deep, really good hockey club. I'll go a step further on the continuity side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The lineup that started last year in game number one mm-hmm. is virtually the same that starts this year. It's not even the one that ended last year. It's the one that started last year. Yeah. A couple of ads. Barbashev's in. Smith is out. Uh, but the goaltending is the same. Mm-hmm. The blue line's the same. Uh, you got to. Uh, but even even that. Hill was new last year. Mm-hmm. He knows what's going on. Yeah. Uh, Logan Thompson proved himself in the first half of last year. That's settled. There's added steps that they want to take. Blue line, same. Mm-hmm. Same seven guys. With everybody else chomping at the bit, yeah. uh, up front uh, from from th- the end of the playoff miss to the start of last year, uh, there is some turnover, very little turnover up front mm-hmm. from the end of last year to this year. It it might be the most consistent that 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 we that we've seen. Yeah, I I think consistent's a great word because you're you're right on the money. It, it's. It's a scenario where I, I don't feel like you have too many surprises. Now, it doesn't mean that there can't be some experimentation over the course of the preseason, but I think that when you look back at what the team was to end the year last year and the the roles that, that players like Brett Howden and Michael Amadio filled, as long as their camps continue to to kind of push them in that direction, if the Golden Knights are able to hold things as they are, from a continuity standpoint, this team should hit the ground running. We hear from Bruce Cassidy. He is just wrapping up his media availability at City National Arena following three different sessions on the ice. These are killer days for the coaches. Killer days, like hockey school days, uh, back when uh, they were all younger, uh, in their playing days or early on in their coaching days. Mm-hmm. Long time in your boots uh, out on the ice. Uh, we'll get Bruce's uh, opinion on on how the open day of training camp uh, went, what he worked on. Uh, wasn't a lot of system work, but there was some ozone uh, defending and, and forechecking uh, and everybody just getting uh, comfortable uh, out on the ice. So we've got uh, Bruce, we've got Kelly McCrimmon, who spoke today, had his training camp address, some uh, really interesting stuff uh, coming out of, uh, from, from Kelly. And while you won't hear from him audio-wise, mm. Paul Cotter, mid-season form today. <laughs> and, and Paul is one of those guys that early on last year developed a bond with the veteran players, most significantly with Phil Kessel. Mm-hmm. And I can remember the day that Phil Kessel uh, was going to 
equal the Iron Man streak and, uh, and, and get through that. And the lead up to it, he was talking, and Paul was over in the other side of the room, like beaking him, mm-hmm. chirping him. Yep. And I thought, well, that's, that's different from a rookie, but so good uh, that he's doing it. Today, sophomore, maybe a little more swagger in him. Uh, the, the room was, was empty because Jack Eichel was one of the last players to come off the ice, and he was meeting with the media. And at the end of his session, uh, people said, uh, thanks, Jack. And Paul just <laughs> happened to be walking across because he was the, the, the group of players that were going on next. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, thank you, Jack. Yep. Like, for everybody to hear, I'm like, good on you. Mid-season form, Paul Cotter chirping. Uh, hasn't changed uh, at all. Uh, we uh, we do uh, uh, also uh, hope to maybe catch up with uh, Nick Hag, who, who talked today. So that was uh, Zach and, and Nick Hag. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's fitting that they both talk. Yeah. Uh, on the same day. And I think I think Nick is going to blossom. We've heard about the Hagerbaum. I think he's going to be lights out. Uh, I think you're going to see ice time. It'll be really interesting to watch that this year. Sure. See where the minutes go. And if there's more, even more balance to a group of six, uh, when that group of six uh, are uh, are in the, uh, in the lineup at the same time. Yeah, that's going to be a, a fascinating one for me because, you know, Day one of camp, but Nick Haig looked really good. Zach Whitecloud looked really good. There's always that that moment where you start to to recognize the players that that just look different from year to year. I'd say Nick Haig definitely fit that billing for me. You got line combinations. You want to do that now, or do you want to do it after we take a break? Um, I, I'll keep us on time here. Let's do it after okay. the break. By the way, breaking news: mm. we have a clock coming into the studio. Yes. A clock has been acquired, I'm told. The clock will actually be in the studio in between now and the next segment. What? What do you mean? I I have the clock. You I have was it? well, so I was told that it was put on the wrong person's desk. So okay. I'm gonna go get it in okay. the break. Yeah. Huh. It's it's in the building. Like Elvis is in the building. Well, Elvis has left so the, the building. The clip. clock has already been procured. Yes. It just hasn't arrived in the studio. Correct. It is in the building. It's like, like bringing the Stanley Cup on. Yeah, yeah, the clock. That's, that's what this is. <laughs> and and I've been told time. it's a nice clock, too. Uh, yeah. Let's, the Stanley uh, Cup of clocks. Yes. Let's say By the way, the, you have a surprise coming for us, too. I do. Yeah, I do. Right. Uh, I just want to uh, Don't think, I'll, don't I'll think I forgot. Uh, in a little bit. Why would you? I was, I was talking to the folks down at City National Arena. Everybody, the fan, great reception by the fans, the VGK fans for the opening day training yep. camp. They all wanted to know. They all listened to the show. Uh, what's the big surprise? Mm-hmm. And they were trying to get uh, me to drop hints. Couldn't do that. Uh, but uh, I've got that uh, to talk about later. We've got some uh, news around the organization to bring you up to date with on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Interact with the guys on X. Follow them at Darren Millard and at Ryan the Hockey Guy. This is the BGK Insider Show. Yeah, interact with me. Send me DMs, uh, all kinds of things. Uh, it, it, it's great. I probably won't get back to you, but Ryan the Hockey Guy will. So uh, he's uh, he's the voice of the BGK Insider Show. Fox Sports Las Vegas, Chapman uh, doing the uh, yeoman work to get us on the air at uh, 4 o'clock. And we have an hour number two, Bruce Cassidy coming up uh, from his media conference over at City National Arena. I also bring you some sound from Kelly McCrimmon, uh, the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights, who ran through uh, people who are available, those that are not on the ice, and uh, his day with the Stanley Cup and what he did, uh, along with the challenge of 
of repeating as Stanley Cup champions. Uh, let's get to day number one and uh, what we watched, what we saw, including most noticeably the combinations on the ice. Yeah, so it, it essentially is exactly what we saw last year minus Riley Smith, right? So a top line of Ivan Barbashev, Jack Eichel, and Jonathan Marcia. So they were a grouping together uh, in that uh, in that secondary unit that went today. Then you had Brett Howden, Chandler Stevenson, and Mark Stone together as a trio. Paul Cotter, William Carlson, Michael Amadio, again, a trio together. And Will Carrier, Nick Waugh, Keegan Colasar, a trio together. So when you kind of extrapolate everything out from what you saw to end the season last year, Riley Smith comes out, Paul Cotter goes into that spot, and that's what you have as far as lines go. Yeah, there was uh, speculation whether they would uh, take a look at uh, Dorfiev mm -hmm. uh, up there uh, or whether you would uh, really uh, examine something a little more bold because the, the player was coming in from the other outside uh, on a professional tryout to offer uh, in the PTO with uh, Max Comtois. But Paul Cotter makes total sense, and everybody slotted in where they're comfortable, and now you see exactly who capitalizes on that chance yeah absolutely I think for Paul Cotter it's a it's a nice it's a nice way to start camp right you're alongside Will Carlson and, and Michael Amadio and I think that that you know kind of speaks to what you and I had talked about yesterday where you know you go into camp the year prior and Logan Thompson because he had time with the team because he had really kind of solidified himself down the stretch run had earned the right to at least start camp and and start the regular season as the guy and I think to a degree Paul Cotter deserves that. He was a he was an impactful player for the Golden Knights in the regular season. He scored some big goals, uh, certainly had some big moments in the shootout. And, you know, I think for him, he's he's another year older. He's going into camp with more confidence and and I'm expecting him to do some big things like he did last year. Okay, what are you expecting? What what are the what are the expectations of Paul Cotter? For Paul Cotter, I, I think the expectation is that he's he's an everyday NHL player, right? Like there were Stretches last year where, you know, consistency fell off a bit. As you mentioned yesterday, and I think it's worth worth repeating, there were more impactful plays that he was making away from the puck. He was using his body, physicality, all of that stuff, um, going to the front of the net, doing the things Bruce Cassidy wants to see his forwards do. He was doing those things. But I, I think that for a player like Paul, it's it's something that we've talked about also with Michael Amadio. It's it's being able to do that night in, night out, back-to-back -back situations and not having that drop off in your game. So where he came a year ago, mm -hmm. strides. Yeah. Spent the entire year in the National Hockey League yeah. and, and made some plays. We didn't know whether he would be a five-goal scorer and spends half the time in, in Henderson whether he would stay up all year and play 82 games and he ends up being somewhere in the middle, spends all year up, but just over, over 50 games. Yeah. And the offensive contribution was, was significant for a yeah. player that, that played that number of games. Yeah. I mean, 13 goals in 55 games for, for Paul Cotter, that's, that's not insignificant at all. And, you know, I, I think, if you're looking at it numbers wise, if you're putting an expectation on it numbers wise, if Paul Cotter, which we like to do, yeah, if Paul Cotter's a, a seventy to seventy-five game guy, there's absolutely no reason why he can't score twenty goals in this league. That's a big I, jump. I know it's a, I, I know it's a big jump, but we're talking about twenty more twenty more games from what he played last year alongside a player the likes of William Carlson. 
or even if he pushes himself up the lineup a little bit, which he did do at times last year, I just I think he's got the tools to be that guy. 20-goal scorer, I, I believe he can be that guy. With consistent line mates, mm-hmm. he, he did bounce around uh, a little bit, and th- there's going to be some movement with his forward group. But 20 goals from, from Paul Cotter, that's, that's lofty. Uh, it would be welcomed with open arms. Uh, if he did it, it would be, I think, really significant. One of the most significant parts of this team's performance this year, mm-hmm. if Paul Cotter expands that to, to 20 goals. Yeah, I mean, if you if you extrapolate it I'm out. I'm not saying you can't. No, 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 I'm, no, I'm, I'm saying. I'm just trying to, to add some uh, relevance to the expectations sure, of 20. Sure, Now, again, if you extrapolate it out. To 75 games, Paul Cotter would have scored. He was on pace for 17, 17 and 75. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm giving, I'm giving room there Fair. for just a, an uptick. And, and again, there's options on the table. I think where Paul Cotter could could have that consistency with William Carlson or push himself in different spots. Or you know, again, if you, if you've got if you need movement up the lineup, I, I think Paul Cotter can be one of those guys that you move up in, in terms of filling a role or a slot here or there. Who are you most looking forward to hearing from today? I mean, I was, I was looking forward to hearing from Mark Stone because again, I, I, I talked about it. I, you knew how much it meant to him to be able to be around for that run. Um, you could see just in, in terms of how he was talking about his day with the cup, how much it all meant to him. Um, I thought Jack was great. And I, I always like talking to Zach Whitecloud. I, I really do. So interesting that both Mark and Jack were asked about expectations and the predictions from the outside world. Yeah, yeah. And how last year really drove them. Mm-hmm. And Mark referred to playing with the chip on the shoulder. And Jack rolled his eyes and went, we're talking about that already? Mm-hmm. But, but acknowledged, like, they they have to use the uh, expectations from everybody else or can use the expectations from, from other people uh, as fuel. Mm-hmm. And even though they've been through it yeah. in a significant way, it still chaps them a little bit in, in the sense of we, we just won. <laughs> We're returning everybody. Yeah. And people are talking about Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the Western Conference, uh, Toronto gets a lot of attention. Uh, whether you agree with it or, or not, I, yep, yep. Um, uh, the entire Atlantic Division mm-hmm. uh, is talked about, and and I concur with this. I said it on the Chirp podcast this week. I, I'm I'm shocked that Vegas isn't getting more love as a potential repeat champion, given mm-hmm. how many people they're back uh, have coming back. And you heard a little bit of that in the players' reaction. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I loved when Mark Stone said, it's a great opportunity for us to prove ourselves again. You just won. Mm-hmm. There, there shouldn't need to be another 82-game schedule and another deep playoff run and potentially another Stanley Cup championship if you get there to have to prove yourself. You won. And, and that, to me, is, is an interesting wrinkle going into the, into the season because, again, the more people write this team off, the, the more I don't they... think anybody's writing them off. I, I think there's a big difference there. I, I think there's, in terms uh, of there's, there's aspects to it that 
where experts or media people are talking about the Edmontons and the Torontos and the Carolinas uh, or Tampa Bay's. They're they're not writing off Vegas. Vegas just isn't at the top of the list. And I think those are two very different things. Vegas is almost being overlooked. That's instead that's, of being that's fair. Instead of being talked about saying they can't do it. Why that's is that though? Fair. Like why why would people overlook this team? Because Edmonton has the best player in the world and they garner a lot of attention. And they have a top five player in the world outside of of the number one guy, and they garner a lot of attention. It's a Canadian team. Uh, it's got some drama around it uh, with its goaltending. Absolutely, that's why why Edmonton gets. And you could talk about the same thing uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs with different aspects. Uh, a lot of skill, high profile, uh, a team that hasn't won in a long time, uh, also Canadian. It's there's There's more... Sizzle there. Were, were people talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning the same way? Yes. No, uh, I think they talked more about Tampa Bay winning again. Right. And and Tampa, between championships, did need to massage a couple of things in terms of their bottom six. And when you look at the Golden Knights, their, their skill that they did better than anybody else was was mm-hmm. their depth and ability to roll four lines, and they're bringing essentially everybody back. And, and Tampa, along with the changeover, mm-hmm. wasn't winning their division. No. They're finishing second or third. Third, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, it's, it, it is, it's very interesting, but Tampa wasn't playing in the same division as Connor McDavid. Sure. Uh, they were playing in the same division as Toronto, but Toronto had yet to really get to that height, the, certainly the heights uh, that they're they're at right now. Yeah. Uh, but I just I want to draw that uh, that clarity. Nobody's writing off Vegas in any means. Just other teams are being discussed a lot more. I think so, overlooked is is a fairer way to put it. Yeah, they're they're, they're sleeping on them. So voice of the fan Chapman is going to come out now. But haven't these people been paying attention? Like, haven't they paid attention to what to what this team has done over the last six now entering their seventh season? I mean, all they have done is prove everybody wrong time and time again. Like, I mean, what else does, does this team need to do to be legitimized in the eyes of the people who are overlooking them? Like, like it would piss me off if I was a player. Like, where's our recognition? Do you well, need I, it? I mean, no, they're, no, they're, you their don't. Recognition is, is the fact that they the won the Stanley Cup. Cup. But, but I, I can understand the being pissed off and and feeling slighted. I mean, no, I, I, I mean, I, I'm yet to see someone call it a fluke. But there's probably that guy out there who says that it was a fluke that they won the Stanley Cup. You know, it's uh, funny, but about the Vegas franchise from inception and the first year, and what they were able to do with this community, and then through the hockey world, they were the darlings. Mm-hmm. This franchise was the Rudy of all National Hockey League teams. Sure, People were cheering and loving and uh, watching with great interest to see if an expansion team could win the Stanley Cup. And, yeah. and, and year number two f- finishes in dramatic fashion, and the team was a victim of an unfortunate incident. What could have happened? And then it turned, mm-hmm. at least from the outward 
point of view. Yeah. It turned, and Vegas became the villain mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League. People uh, upset uh, of all the success they had go, going to back-to-back uh, third rounds and then into the bubble and, and having that experience. It really did go from a team that the whole hockey world is cheering for to a team where the you, the whole hockey world was like, they, they, can't, they can't do it. Yeah. And now that they've won mm-hmm. and you sort of had a, a bit of a mix uh, of those two, they're – they're not getting the same type of acknowledgement sure. or respect or uh, anticipation of a follow-up year mm-hmm. that they should. It's it's almost like they're they're back to year number two, and uh, that was nice, mm-hmm. that was great, but it's not going to happen again. Yeah, no, that or I- it'll be it'll be really hard to do that again. Is a better way to phrase it. Yeah, I, I think that that's pretty fair um in that you you know you look at the success that the golden knights had in the first year and it it was such a great story it it felt so good and at some point when you have that right out of the gate and then you start to have more success and build on it and build on it and build on it and you're you're pretty clear about what your intentions are like this is an organization that made it very clear we're in the business of trying to win championships. We want our names on the Stanley Cup. And I think that at some point when you have repeat success like that or you get to that point and you're in the Final Four and you're pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing, um, when you look around at other organizations that either never got there, haven't won, um, it starts to rub people the wrong way. Now, I do think it's interesting how you put it, though, in that you know it's it's a great story that they were able to do it in six years, just like Bill Foley prognosticated. But that that sense of, okay, well, you know, you get to the Stanley Cup final in year number one, but year number two, it, it's going to be pretty tough. I think that, that it's, it's a full circle moment in that regard, but I do think it's one the team is up for. Where would you try to be as neutral as you can? Where would, where would Vegas be in your Stanley Cup favorite list? Right now? Uh, Number one, top three, top five. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're on a short list of teams that can win it 100%. I, I start here in the West with the Vegas Golden Knights. I, as good as the Edmonton Oilers are, as good as Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are, they just went to a seven-game series against the Vegas Golden Knights. They lost it in six, and they got outplayed five-on-five. Five. So I, I don't – I still think if you play that series again, the Golden Knights win it. I don't think that the Edmonton Oilers, in terms of what they did in the offseason, it's going to put them over the edge with the Vegas Golden Knights. I just don't. So I view Vegas as a legitimate contender. Colorado's interesting, but again, no Gabe Landeskog. That changes things in in terms of what I expect from that team in the regular season. Will they be in the playoffs? Yeah. Is Landeskog going to be back? Those are questions. But right now, the the best contender out of the West is the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I firmly believe that. If you talk about motivation coming from doubters or people that question you, mm-hmm. that's Edmonton. Like Edmonton's buying into that 100%. And you, you add the talent to it, they're there mm-hmm. with, with, with the, the team that's going to break that Canadian drought and win with the best player in the world. But I would put Vegas in my top three yeah. with, with everybody that's coming back and a second year and the from the from the 
the guy that's doing the coaching and leading this team through, mm -hmm. there's no doubt. And we'll, we'll hear some of this uh, over the next couple of weeks uh, from Bruce Cassidy. Ashley Vice having a, a marvelous uh, sit-down conversation with him on, on Media Day. He, he wants to do this again, mm -hmm. not from a celebratory standpoint, because that goes with it, but from a legacy standpoint, yeah. there, there's an opportunity here to do something really special with this group. You roll everybody back the second year, then there's going to be some changes mm -hmm. because expiring contracts. But I don't anticipate, anticipate a lot. Uh, you're set up for a good three to four year run yeah. with with this group. And, and Bruce is thinking that way. And they like... It's different motivation because you've already won. Mm -hmm. You want to do it again, but I think that they're 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 a, a lot of cases equal. But uh, Colorado is going to be great. Uh, I think Carolina is knocking on the door. Yeah, uh, where is Dallas in in this whole mix? Uh, the the East is harder to pick one or two teams because it's so balanced and mm -hmm. so competitive. I mean, the Atlantic uh, Division you could have six teams. Uh, you can't have six teams make the playoffs, but there's six teams that I can see make the playoffs sure. out of uh, the Atlantic Division. But there's there's four teams that uh, with Toronto uh, thrown in there, uh, five teams that it it's really balanced. But Vegas would be in it is in my top three for sure, and I'm not sure I can differentiate between the 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 top three sure because they're all they're all have full merit and great uh, uh, reasons to to side that way. You got it right. Well, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll set up hour number two of the BGK Insider Show. I've got a surprise for you. Uh, I'm gonna better be uh, a big one. Gonna unveil uh, something to you and uh, really give you guys uh, uh, something to chew on uh, with this. And uh, also uh, hoping to bring you Bruce Cassidy and his media availability from the end of day number one. It's the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.